0: to be a CEO? It's a tough mountain to climb. I'm finding out how to get there and what to do once you make it to the top. I'm Michael Thompson, and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. Philip Levinson is a CEO, he's a CEO mentor, and the author of Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make it as a CEO and Beyond. Lev, Welcome to the Three Peaks Leadership Podcast. Thank
1: you for that introduction, Michael.
0: Well, I think first of all, we need to make one thing very clear. This is not just for CEOs or people who want to be CEOs, is it? This is really a podcast that aims to teach anyone who's in business or anyone who aspires to to a leadership
1: role a few tips and tricks. It does. And it was interesting this morning, I was just having a meeting with somebody and I was describing the book and the the idea behind it. And they said this is very appropriate because right now we're getting people who are setting up businesses, startup founders, who are being thrown into the role of leadership, mostly unprepared. And the idea behind three picks leadership is to help people from startup leaders to CEOs of public companies to mum and dad shop owners. It's really to get some ideas behind what it takes to take responsibility. And provide leadership. So
0: just a a bit of background on you, first of all. So over 35 years, 35 plus years, perhaps, you've done a lot of things. You've had an awful lot of experience and it's ranged pretty broadly from law degree into real estate and then the financial services industry. Uh, And then on the side, you're also a naval officer as well, in case that wasn't enough. On your business career, first of all, how would you rate your success? Scale of one to 10.
1: Well, Ralph Waldo Emerson came up with the definition of success that, that I really like. Uh, it doesn't have a numerical value attached to it, but it was to laugh often and much and to win the respect of intelligent people and to leave the world a better place, whether by a garden patch, healthy child or redeemed social condition. So I think success is measured by what you've left behind. And if, if what you've left behind is a successful business that is continuing to do what you aspired for it when you took the role and then from having moved on. Then uh, there's a couple of examples of businesses that I was fortunate to start that are doing very well. And uh, I would see that as a, as a real measure of, of success.
0: So essentially, you really need to leave a, a business in better shape than it was when you found it. Uh, absolutely. So, let's cast your your mind back and we're we're going to be jumping around a little bit here. I want you to picture your your first day as a CEO. So, you, you got the job, something that you'd probably been aiming for for a while. You're there, you're in your suit, you're ready to go. What was the first thing you did on that first day?
1: Well, it was actually um, what I did a few weeks before my first day, which Mm. uh, had the impact. So when I was offered the job, I went to inspect the offices, as part of my due diligence, and I found that the CEO's office was down a long corridor, past the printer, past all the boxes of old annual reports, right in a dark and dingy corner. Yeah. And I thought, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work because it's a horrible place to sit, but also it's not going to work because I can't see what's going on and people can't see me. So I issued my first edict, which of course as we'll talk later, was a terrible mistake. Yeah. And I said, I'd like to sit on the floor. Uh, it there was absolute chaos. The head of human relations came to me and said, Boss, you can't do that. You're disrespecting the hierarchy. Head of compliance said you can't do that because we'll listen to your telephone calls. And then the head <laughs> of facilities, who actually nailed it, said, uh, you can't do that because we haven't got any space. Okay. So after lots of toing and froing, I find myself found myself sitting almost on a plinth in the middle of the floor, surrounded by a jungle of pot plants so that I couldn't see them and they couldn't see me. It's like
0: a little CEO oasis it was, in the middle it of the was. office.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So How the first did that thing go did, down? Yeah. So the first thing I did is got rid of the pot plants mm-hmm. and got people to come close around. But it set the tone. Yeah. Before we get stuck in, I've got a copy of your book here.
0: Great. Uh, Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond why did you write it? What prompted you to write a book? You've obviously had a very successful career. You probably could have just
1: sat back and had a bit of a break for a while. Writing a book's a pretty big task. It was. Why'd you do it? So I wrote little notes to myself okay. on almost on a daily basis and things not to do. I mean, I've been accused in the past of clearing minefields by foot, and we'll get back to that at some point. But, you know, if you write it down and you learn to learn from your mistakes – By the time I'd finished five years as being a CEO, I had a pile of books, diaries, and um, I thought I can throw these away, which would be a terrible shame from my perspective, but also there may be a kernel of of a nugget of information in there that might be useful to other people. So I was sitting on a idyllic Greek island and I had these, I had nothing else to do and I had these books in front of me, so I started to write the book. The working title of the book in the first instance was The CEO Handbook. It was a book that I wished I'd had when uh, I got punched in the head for the first time.
0: Uh, why were you on the Greek islands? I figured we may as well uh, deal with that now yeah. while we're here. What so, were you doing there yeah, to write so, a book?
1: So when I left my uh, last CEO role, there were a number of things that I wanted to do. And One of them was to make a contribution to the refugee crisis in, uh, in the Aegean. I mean, as a naval officer, I was qualified to go to sea. And I thought I could help out. So I went to work for a group called Refugee Rescue and I was a boat crew for uh, the small boat that was pulling people out of the GNC. So an idyllic setting, but, you know, all sorts of horrors going on at the the same time. What an extraordinary experience. It was. I'm very glad that that, um, I did it, but uh, unfortunately the the problem continues. Absolutely. About as far away from the life of a CEO as you can get. It was. And that was actually one of the reasons why I did it. Okay, so
0: by the end of the podcast series, uh, you mentioned that the initial uh, working title for the book was the CEO Handbook. And I suppose we kind of want this series to act as a bit of a, a how-to guide for uh, people who might want to be a CEO or want to achieve a, a leadership role uh, right. within within business. And so really you're going to provide people with, with those steps. Basically, a lot of things to do and an awful lot of things not to do uh, from your uh, from your time. Let's start with some of the basics, some of the the very basics. Why is the role of CEO so important for a company?
1: Well, it's a great question. I think um, the culture of the company comes from the top and the CEO is seen as the arbiter of culture, the leader. They should be seen as the leader and they should be the person that stands up and takes responsibility. Every, every entity needs Direction. I'm not suggesting for a moment you take a dictatorial role, but someone needs to, to stand up and say, uh, it's on me. So getting that message out. And, it, and if you're not the person to do that, then frankly, you shouldn't aspire to the role of CEO. There's plenty of other jobs to do.
0: So, there's obviously a lot then of a lot of responsibility. And the thing that I find quite difficult uh, to, to kind of grapple with is the idea that as the CEO, you're responsible for everything that takes place within, within a company, not just the things that you do personally, the decisions that you make and the actions that you take, but also this idea that you're responsible for everybody else. And they might be spread right around the world and decisions and actions that they make and take. That's a pretty big responsibility.
1: It is, and you need to have a structure that supports that. So it's much like the captain of a ship is responsible for everything that occurs on the ship. And and the ship operates within a structure which which facilitates that. You know, for example, as a CEO, if someone falls off a roof, you're responsible. You're responsible for that morally, but you're also responsible for it legally. And it's it's that weight that is on you all the time. And the only thing that's gonna stand between you and a prison sentence is having done the right thing. Mm. In my instance, the person who fell off the roof, fortunately they survived with just a broken leg, didn't follow the procedures that have been laid down clearly in our operating procedures manuals uh, and went up on the roof without a, a harness. Right. So that's actually that actually happened. Yep. And it was just as I thought that everything was fine, just as I dealt with a number of issues, I'm sitting back in my chair thinking how fabulous I was and I got a phone call that somebody had fallen off the roof. See,
0: that was your first mistake, thinking that everything was fine. As soon as you think that everything's going okay, you know, that's when someone is literally going to fall off off the roof. roof. So uh, was there ever another instance when you had to stand up and take responsibility for the actions of somebody else and perhaps uh, someone else within the organisation or a predecessor? How hard is that when you have to basically say, yep, my fault, even when it wasn't. How hard is that to to basically to reconcile with?
1: I think I think one of the really important principles of leadership is that you're the last to take credit and the first to take the blame. And mm-hmm. I think if again, if you're not prepared to do that, then you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong business. Yeah. So I was charged with running a company. The company owned a series of assets. Some of the assets, the majority of the assets, have been bought before I joined the company. Some of them have been bought on underwrites that were no longer valid and their performance was a drag on the overall performance of the company. And I had to stand up and say, Mm -hmm. these assets were bought. They were bought at the time on the information available. They have not performed as they were supposed to. And this is where we are today. I take responsibility for taking us from here to getting us out of this particular situation.
0: How hard is it not to just say it, it was the previous bloke?
1: It'd be really easy, and I think that would be your last day on the job. Yep. In fact, I had a guy who I worked with who came in and blamed his team. He said, oh, "I've been let down by my team," and that was literally his last day on the job.
0: Wow! So accountability is a really, it's really important
1: principle. Critical.
0: Yeah. And one last question: Why would somebody want to do it? It sounds like there's a, a hell of a lot of responsibility, and to be pretty frank. It seems like a really lonely job. Why do people want to be a CEO?
1: Well, it is actually, I think the most multifaceted role that you can yeah. imagine in your business career. You're dealing with, you know, you might be a, a specialist in marketing or in finance or in human relations or in, in operations. Uh, when you're the CEO, as you said before, you're responsible for everything. And whilst you can't have knowledge, in-depth knowledge of every aspect of the business. You need to have sufficient knowledge, at least to be able to ask the right questions. So it's a fascinating role. It's it's multifaceted. No two days are ever the same. Again, just as you think that it's all going swimmingly, somebody falls off a roof, you have crisis management, you have compliance, you have finance, you have your stakeholders who we'll talk about uh, later. So that's why you would take the job. Can I take a stab at some of the reasons why you shouldn't take the job?
0: Yeah. I'm going to guess uh, money, probably not the best reason to uh, to be pursuing the
1: job, as CEO, and power, influence. Yeah. If you're doing it for the money, then good luck uh, because you're going to earn every cent, and doing a job for the money anyway is, is, is not really a valid career yeah. path. If you're doing it for the power, you are definitely in the wrong job because the moment, and we'll see this later, the moment you start to exercise your semblance of power, you start to find yourself in a world of pain. Hmm. You shouldn't do it to, um, for, for aggrandizement either. Mm-hmm. You, you should never let the role define who you are. Yeah,
0: which is probably a pretty valuable piece of advice for any job. I think so
1: because a a job can
0: finish very very quickly and you've got to be able to to survive past that.
1: You do which is why the title of the book is how to how to make it as a CEO and beyond because the beyond is an incredibly critical part
0: Well, that seems like a pretty good place to wrap up the first episode. Jump online now and pre-order your copy of Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond by Philip Levinson. You'll find it on Booktopia, Amazon, Dimmix, pretty much anywhere you buy books online. It's due for release in March, so if you pre-order now, you'll make sure you're one of the first ones to get it. Make sure you've hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app so the next episode lands in your playlist. There's one every week. I'm Michael Thompson, and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson.